me to Ecclesiastes 9. Stand with us when we get there. We're going to look at verses 7 through 10. What's up, Reynard, man? Buck ass did it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Alabama fan right there. We, you know, the Crimson Tide. The, the tide did not roll this year. That's all right. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 10. Um, this is written by Solomon, not Shalman. <laughs> so you can either give him the credit or blame him, depending on which side of the coin you stand. Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy. And drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. The ESV says, for God has approved of what you do. Verse 8 says, let thy garments be always white. And let thy head lack no ornament. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun. All the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you are going. You may be seated. Be happy. Be happy. Solomon has a hate relationship with death. If you read his book filled with pericopes and wisdoms viewed from looking back in life and then organized in this book to provide a sermon for his students or as the text would say, sons. It's very clear to see that Solomon has a bleak view of life. It's not one of the heaviest red books in the Bible because it seems so stark with regards to what is the New Testament message of the Bible that we have life. Solomon is keeping it 100 with us today. This is not vodka with a chaser. This is straight 
uncut raw. The message that is part of chapter 9 is you're going to die. That's part of the message. All right. You are going to die. If there is a verse that speaks to Solomon's view of this reality, it's likely verse 4 in chapter 9. He says in verse 4, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Say what you want to about life. But the alternative to the physical essence is death. And be clear. All of us in this room will die. I know that's a reality. You know, I know we got some people here who don't go to funerals, don't like funerals. You say, Mm-mm, don't like them, and you don't go. And, and much of that is because of our human flaw in not being able to see physically past what happens after death. The one day, one day, whether you are rich, whether you are poor. Black, white, male, female. Saved, unsaved. The mortician will mention your name. And he will, as uh, I I heard my friend Vice Killebrew say, he will organize your family reunion. It's a reality that we can't escape And while that is the dark truth of this chapter, nestled in the middle of the chapter is this word, though, of hope. This word that says, in the midst of this reality of right now you're living while you're dying, take time in this life to enjoy it as much as you can. We are all going to die. So it's incumbent upon each of us to make the choice to be as happy as we can while we can. Amen. Don't live a life filled with misery, filled with hatred, malice, and envy you too, my brother and sister, if you choose to, can be happy, but happiness depends on you. Happiness is not contingent upon the outside forces that affect your life. Happiness depends on you. It is something that must be pursued And here's something I want to tell you. God approves of our pursuit of happiness. 
The B clause, verse 7. It's in your Bible. I, I, I told you this is the word of Ecclesiastes according to Solomon, not Shalman. It, 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 it says it. I'm glad he wrote it. That God has accepted already our works. Please be clear and don't go home and say what you want me to say. And that is that God has approved what you do to make yourself happy. God doesn't approve of all of our actions, but here's what God does. He does approve that you and I can pursue happiness. <laughs> Amen. He, he, he wants us to pursue what gives us joy. Amen. Now, I know some of you are sitting back and saying, hold up, what version of the Bible are you preaching from? I've been told all my life to just Watch myself. Be careful about what I do. Be careful. And here's the thing. That's religion that has informed you about how God really feels about you. You know, church, even this church, right? We are part of the problem. We have more rules than God does. Amen. 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 We, we are very quick to tell people what they can't do, how they should be. And God, right here in this text, telling us. You can pursue happiness. No matter what someone else might think about it. You can do it. Because here's the thing. If God did not approve our pursuit of happiness, then we are doomed and we can do nothing about it. But since he approves it, it is the license for us, watch this, to be what he made us. And that is... He is approved of our happiness, not necessarily how we go after it, but the pursuit of it. So your question burning your mind is, what then can make us truly happy? I want to argue with this text this morning. Because I would contend and I, and I seek to prove it in this message that what makes us truly happy are the simple things in life. The simple things. The simple things. So, somebody just say the simple things. Yeah, the, simple, the simple things in life. The simple things in life. And this text this writer highlights for his listeners and lifts up for us through antiquity on today the things that make us happy. Now, before these points hit the screen, I put this sermon together and I've never preached a sermon where I can't prove what I say. Also, disclaimer, here it is. What is uh, what is to be a universal principle that does not change has to be true not only in the physical realm but also in the spiritual realm for it to be God. And with that being said, here's the text. You showed up and I'm glad you did. One of the first things 
in our lives that helps us to become happy is parties. Don't look at me like that. Big 
because even in his house we come not to be solemn, but to celebrate our Christ. You won't listen. You won't listen to uh, uh, Solomon, I know, but you'll listen to Michael Jackson. So tonight, we're going to leave that nine to five up on the shelf and just enjoy yourself. That the rhythm of the music gets you. Life isn't bad at all. Living. Here it is. Celebration isn't just attendance, it's participation. And when you celebrate life, it's not just thank you for my life, but it's an outward show that I am grateful. If you 
you get tired, stop. Whatever needs to get done, don't get done after you wake up. Them dishes can sit in the sink, them clothes can stay in the dryer, they can stay in the hamper, fold them later, amen, go to bed. And after 
that they get a job. They don't spend more than they earn. Sit up and listen to me. Grown folk aren't concerned with the labels at the mall. They are concerned with using what they have to its optimum ability. Therefore, when you get a job and call yourself grown, you need to call three people. You need to call the banker, the insurance man, and the accountant. Is being in a relationship with people. What he lifts up in the text mm -hmm. 
is the relationship between husband and wife. Solomon is speaking from his own perch. He is a failed husband. He is a successful player, but a failed husband. Brothers, you can't be both. He says, take time to love your wife. He had a wife, one wife. Shulamite Maiden, who was his everything. He literally adored and worshipped her. But because of his own flesh and selfishness, he got so many wives and then the wives weren't good enough and then he got so many concubines. People just to sleep with. Hundreds of them. And it did not satisfy me. And I don't have this in my notes, but I want to tell all my brothers in here today and all my sisters in here today who think it's the sexy thing to do now to sleep with anybody you want to. You're not going to find joy in nobody's bed. For my wife to be married to me. And as far as being married to my wife, it's the easiest thing in the world. Thank you so much. Making love and marriage easy. Ain't no woman like the one I got. American marriages. Enjoy one another. Enjoy each other's intellectual conversation. Enjoy the physical intimacy that you have. Enjoy just the general companionship that you have because all marriages end either in divorce or death. But there's something deeper here though, isn't it? This isn't just about marriage. It's about us enjoying people. Enjoy your children while you have them. Some of us, we have members in this church who no longer have their children. And all of us as parents, our assumption is we'll outlive our children. But tomorrow's not promised to any of us. We, we don't talk about wills and we don't talk about arrangements and making things in order because we think really we're going to live on this side forever, but we're not. While you have people, enjoy them. Even that crazy cousin, even that, 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 that bipolar relative, even that one that you know they're going to want something before they leave. Enjoy them too. Because at the funeral, everybody cries. Enjoy people. Sometimes I watch us, and sometimes I fall into this, this isolated place and want to cut myself off from people. Sometimes I get in that mood. I just don't want to be bothered. But then there are other times 
when I need to be hugged, when I need to be kissed, when I need to be encouraged. Other times when I need to pour that on someone else. And while we are alive, we ought to take that opportunity. Because when someone dies, that opportunity is gone. Amen. 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 Last point. And I mean, what makes us happy ultimately is our passions. Our passion. Look at verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Black people within the last 20 years have really begun to push entrepreneurial, the, the entrepreneurship conversation. Because the Bible doesn't say get a job. The Bible says you will work. Uh -huh. And we have a choice. Right, right, right. Either get a job. Yeah, yeah. Not sinful. Nothing wrong with that. Or to work for ourselves. And many of us in this room, up in here, up in here, even though you make good money, even though you got good benefits, you absolutely hate your job. <laughs> If you have a passion, use this life to not only work yourself to death, but to push for what moves you. Very few people get a chance to actually make a living on what they are passionate about. But when you see these people who have a passion and it's their profession. They never have a bad day on the job because they're doing what they're passionate about. So even the bad day is a good day because I'm doing what I want to do. And Solomon is saying, in essence, discover what your passion is. And once you discover your passion, live for your passion. Because one of these days you will have to die and everything you did ain't gonna matter to nobody else. But while you live, it should matter to you. I know that's a difficult point for some of us to receive. Uh, but if you're a Christian and if Jesus is your uh, model for what passion is. Jesus gives us the blueprint for what it is like to live a passionate life. Jesus viewed his life as a cup and the contents of the cup was his purpose for living. He understood that it was his cup and if he was to live his ultimate purpose, he was going to have to drink everything.
Everything in the cup wasn't sweet to him. In fact, Jesus prayed. He said, God, uh, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, let thy will be done. Jesus shows us that we can drink from the cup God has poured for us. And if you choose to drink from that cup, that's when you'll discover truly what your life is all about. Uh, that there are people I know in this room up in here who live a life that when people look at you, they wouldn't trade with you in a heartbeat. And you're glad because you wouldn't trade your life with theirs. You had heartaches, hardships, obstacles that sometimes took you down. You had events happen that broke your heart. But yet and still, you have the gall to smile about your life. And the reason you can smile is because you've learned how to live according to what God has poured in your cup.
Let you fall. He won't let you sing. 